As Fish and Paul Bunyan Country winds down for another year, our final Lake of the Week and part one of our final two-part series with Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager Henry Drews, his annual end-of-the-year State of the Fishery. It's coming up next on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Fishing Paul Bunyan Country is presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Well, the season is wrapping up, so as always, we uh, wrap it up with Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager uh, in the Bemidji office, or actually in his uh, closet office these days. Henry, welcome back to the show. Good to be here, Kevin. Well, uh, let's uh, just kind of recap what, it's, what the year's been like for you guys. I mean, and there's so many people that are, have been operating out of home, and I know a lot of the uh, DNR people I've talked to, I have been calling their home numbers because that's where they've been based out of. Yeah, it's been a strange one, Kevin. You know, we are still uh, primarily working uh, out of our home, teleworking, but in June we did get approval to have our staff, um, you know, work in the field, you know, with all the... the um, precautionary uh, activities, you know, that you need to take, need to consider. And then um, they got the approval to get out in the field in June, and we started doing lake surveys. So um, all of our field staff who work primarily in the field got to resume some level of normalcy, you know, come June. So we've been out doing lake surveys and stream surveys and habitat assessments, and um, and the field staff are pretty pretty glad to be out there. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, maybe some preliminary things you may have heard through the grapevine regarding that. But uh, you had to make uh, or are in the process of having to make some big personnel changes uh, in your office uh, because of a couple of retirements of some key area uh, area leaders in the past. Oh, I've lost in, uh, since October three of my uh, seven field offices supervisors retired. Gary Barnard in Bemidji, Doug Kingsley in Park Rapids and Dean Beck out of our Glenwood office, which works in Douglas County down around Alexandria. And those are some heavy-duty uh, shoes to fill. Having not been able to fill those positions permanently yet, but I've had the assistant area supervisors at those stations, you know, reallocated to be acting area supervisors. And, you know, they had pretty good uh, tutelage with the, the supervisors that uh, they worked under for lots of years. So they're keeping they're keeping the wheels turning. Uh, they're doing a great job, but I do look forward to being able to fill those three key positions permanently here in the near future. I know that uh, you know you you uh, there's a process, and it takes time to to do the process to get the right people there. Is that process taking even longer due to COVID and all of that stuff? Well, the, the state is under a, a hiring freeze with um, very little um, state employment um, positions being posted and filled, so they're. There's still that holdup. Um, once we get the green light to post and fill those, they should move pretty smoothly. Um, we can we can still do interviews, whether it be um, you know virtually or in person in small groups, large large room setting. But but right now um, we're waiting on the approval, and and um, the governor is being very very cautious 
on letting state agencies fill vacancies because of the uncertainty of the impact of the pandemic on the state budget. So um, I'm guessing it's going to be a slow go up through the first of the year, and then hopefully we can get the green light uh, to move on those positions early in the year and uh, hopefully have folks um, in those positions permanently well before spring operations. As you know, Kevin, uh, those three employees who you've, you've interviewed, two of them extensively over the years, and then uh, probably Dean Beck and Alexandria not so much, three of them, 100 years of combined experience to the state of Minnesota as fisheries managers, and um, all been involved in some, some really remarkable projects. Um, I miss them dearly. But I do know, I hear from all of them, they are enjoying their new careers just as much. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Definitely glad to hear that. Good guys, they deserve to have a, a great retirement. Well, as we uh, we started the year, Henry, we were talking about uh, the, the good signs we could see with the increased license sales. And as this summer has played out... Uh, from everything I have heard uh, from the guides that I talked to, they have definitely seen an increase in, A, their business once guiding was able to be opened, and, B, just angling in general. Those uh, purchase licenses have been used this year. Oh, absolutely. We saw it right out of the gate with, um, you know, when the trout fishing opened in the southeast, you know, before the inland walleye pike season. We saw unbelievable crowds trout fishing, you know, in, in late April down the southeast. Then the opener rolled around and the, the license sales were, were going strong and, um, it continued right through the summer. The accesses have been busy. I've been on a lot of lakes this summer myself. And I tell you, there's people out every day of the week on every lake I've been to. Um, in terms of the hard data, you know, the last, uh, last, uh, official statistics I saw were in July. And we were running 10 to 15 percent ahead of last year, and probably in the top five of our license sale years, uh, you know, over the last 20. I would expect that those numbers probably have held up, you know, and that we are a, a well above normal and maybe not a record year, but probably it's still in the top five for the last 20, 25 years. So um, people are out, they're enjoying it, and um, it's a good thing. It is a good thing, um, especially if people behave themselves out there. And I haven't heard – I've heard some reports more on the camping side of people not understanding how you're supposed to treat a campground. But I haven't heard too much about on the lake being an issue of people misbehaving out there or just not knowing any better. It seems like everything's been fine. Yeah, I haven't heard any reports to the contrary either, Kevin. You know, the one thing I did here is that, you know, around the 4th of July, and this wasn't anglers, but it was uh, recreational users were, were still crowding up heavily in those traditional party spots, you know, like on Star Island and Cass Lake or, or Party Cove down on the Alex chain, you know, and, and after those events, you know, we saw some COVID spikes. So, you know, the anglers, they're doing their thing. The, the accesses I haven't noticed any issues there with litter or bait in the parking lot or any of that. I, you know, I think our anglers are, are pretty darn good conservation stewards, and uh, they're just excited to be out having fun. And they definitely deserve it. Hey, we're just getting started with Henry Drews. We'll have more with Henry later and, of course, tomorrow as well. But up next, our final Lake of the Week with Nate Olson out of the Detroit Lakes Area Fisheries Office. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Lake of the Week, day, Lake of the Week, day, Lake of the Week. Day.
Hey, it's Lake of the Weekday once again. We are headed over to Monoman County and the Wabin area to check out, uh, this time, North Twin. Nate Olson once again from the Detroit Lakes Area Fisheries Office with all the details. Nate, welcome back. How's it going? So it's going It's going pretty good. Um, so North and South Twin Lakes cross the road from each other. I've seen a lot of different Twin Lakes before. A lot of them are named North and South because they're close, and A, they're pretty close in size, and they look pretty similar. Uh, but oftentimes they have significantly different fisheries. What about North and South Twin in Monoman County? Are they similar to each other or are they different? Um, they are, they're fairly similar, kind of bass panfish, uh, type systems. I would say, um, if you're looking for walleyes, South Twin is probably a better one to hit up. Um, North Twin, North Twin just doesn't really seem to have that history of having, uh, decent walleye numbers okay uh you noted the panfish uh i see that there's some some crappie and bluegill in there um what can you tell us about those uh the when we you know so we did the survey in 2019 so last summer mm-hmm. um black crappie abundance similar to past years um some decent really nice fish a lot of like nine to ten inch fish um but also fish that were that were up to 13 inches as well you know so there's there's some uh, some better crappies to be had while you're while you're fishing out there. And uh, what about the bluegills? Um, bluegill abundance is, um, uh, has been kind of steadily increasing since uh, 1999. So if you were to look at a graph, it's kind of been just steadily moving up, up and up uh, since uh, the late 90s. And you know, if you're looking for nice bluegills and you got a choice of going to North or South Twin. I would choose North Twin for for bluegill size. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, just a little bit different, a little bit better size than South Twin. Uh, we got a lot of good numbers from seven and a half to nine inches, um, and then we also had fish over ten inches. You know, and so that's really a good. That's really good. Something really nice to see in your length frequency is just how many fish you got. If you're even seeing fish over ten inches, um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, that's it's definitely something that that. Uh, people should be looking for and remember to try to you know practice selective part of this you know don't be specifically going out there and trying to take out all as many as many tens as you can no um, kidding <laughs> uh, but there are definitely some really nice fish there that, that people can find now are those lakes going to be part of that uh the bluegill um um task force they have going on no we haven't uh the quality bluegill initiative that we're looking at um you know those are those regulations, it's a bit, it's a big jump, uh, for a lot of people down in, in Detroit Lakes here. And so we've started small with about five lakes that we're going to, uh, look at, at kind of to, to evaluate public perception and stuff this fall. And, you know, if we've got really good, um, buy-in and people are excited about it, then we can look at expanding in the future. But right now, North and South Twin really aren't, uh, aren't on the table at this point. Okay. We talked about uh, Southwind earlier and really nice size and good bass numbers. What about uh, Northwind? Yep, also pretty decent numbers there. Um, you know, at least during our survey, we didn't see, you know, like in Southwind, we had some fish that were uh, over 20 inches. In, in uh, Northwind, we just saw fish that were around 17. Not to say that there's not a 20-inch or bigger out there. Um, you know, there still probably is is a bigger bass that's that's in Northwind, but uh, for the most part, they're around 17 inches. Okay. Uh, like South Twin, appears to be an awful lot of Northerns in North Twin. Yeah, we had another record abundance. You know, South Twin, we saw record numbers last year. Same with North Twin. 
record numbers. Uh, we were looking at like 18 pike per gillnet, which is really astronomically pretty high. Um, and it really can and cause issues, you know, with trying to do some walleye management and other things out there. Uh, a lot of fish that were like 18 to 24 inches long, you know, not, uh, not super great. Um, we did see fish over 30 inches, you know, so I mean, people might run into some bigger pike, but, uh, a lot of those fish that are underneath that, that slot for our new north central northern pike reg of, of, uh, 22 to 26. So a lot of small pike, just be aware of, um, while you're out there fishing. Okay. And as, as you noted right off the, the top, uh, not a great walleye option. It's, I mean, it's, it's got about, uh, you know, white earth natural resources. Uh, the white earth tribe has really been, uh, continuously stocking the lake with fingerlings. A lot of times they do it annually. Sometimes it's every other year. Uh, just depends on what kind of, of fish they have, you know, from their walleye ponds. But, uh, definitely, you know, a, a lesser abundance in, in North Twin than South Twin. Okay. Um, you noted uh, last time that both North and South Twin do have uh, zebra mussels in them, so something to be aware of when we're out there. Yeah, it was uh, last fall. They were uh, some people pulling docks and lifts out and um, and and found some zebra mussels. And so uh, kind of a new spot, you know, to be uh, aware of. I mean, everyone at all times should be clean, drain, and, and drying as much as possible. Um, but this is kind of a new hot spot in the area that people should be aware of. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking at, over the lake survey, and I'm looking at the, uh, <laughs> the the access types, and this is what it says about the access. This access is low, wet, and not used. <laughs> so. Yeah, so if you are... If you're looking at getting into North Twin, you're gonna your best bet is to go to Pinehurst Resort um, okay. on County Highway Four. You know, so um, call ahead, make sure that uh, they got room for you there. Grab a burger while you're <laughs> while you're heading in there. Um, I mean, that's usually the way that we even access the lake. So okay, uh, that using that private access is going to be your your best bet. Okay, well, that was not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it is not. You know, and if you're looking for uh, um, I mean, both South and North Twin are, are fairly, you know, they're not super developed or anything like that, but North Twin does have probably less development than, than either of the, of the two lakes. So if you're looking for a more um, undisturbed spot, uh, North Twin is probably your better bet. Okay. that's a, That sounds great. I, I, I love lakes like that. Uh, and I love lakes that have a lot of panfish and northerns in there because when you take kids, uh, it's it's a little more active, which they kind of need oh yeah yeah i mean if you can get anything to bend the rod you know hopefully that's going to keep their attention for as long as possible all right uh any uh, other th- other than the uh, zebra mussels anything else you're concerned about on north twin right now no i mean we uh we coordinate with uh Whiter's tribe to do uh, uh invasive species stuff to do fish diet all that management type stuff um you know so they've been a great partner to work with and um uh, and they they really kind of keep or do a lot of the management on North Twin while we do a lot of the management on South Twin. But um, all in all, it's they're two pretty good lakes um, that people uh, definitely could take advantage of. Especially you know if you're if you're one of those people that like to fish and then have a burger or something afterwards. That the Pinehurst Resort there is a great amenity in that in that area for people. As one who's not been to either of those lakes, if I had to guess, though, I would guess that South Twin probably has a little more pressure than North Twin does. 
Yeah, I would think, you know, especially with the public access mm-hmm. uh, that exists there, um, your, your, your assumptions are correct. You know, most of the time you're going to see probably more pressure on, on South Twin than on North. And Nate, once again, uh, if we're looking to get over there, um, how's, what's the easiest way to find these lakes? Um, you know, if you can get on, if you can look at a map, um, you know, again, using, you know, sort of by task of the, the, uh, I mean, you can come from, um, highway 200 if you really want to, um, or if you're coming down, you know, from my south of my task on 113 and then jump up on County highway four, um, either way, you're going to want to get to County highway four, which splits, splits the two lakes in half. Okay. Very good. It is our Lake of the Week, North Twin in Monoman County, across the road from South Twin, uh, generally in the Wabin and Natawash area. Nate Olson from the Detroit Lakes Area Fisheries Office with all the details. Nate, hey, thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good year. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Henry Drew's my guest, his end-of-the-year state of the fishery. Henry is the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager out of the Bemidji office. And Henry, sounded like, uh, as usual, there was plenty of fish being caught this summer. Yeah, you know, by all accounts, it was a good fishing year. Um, you know, out of the gate, the, the walleye fishing was uh, pretty darn good, and it stayed good right up through the 4th of July. Uh, we only had a couple lakes that we were doing creel surveys on, uh, one of those being red. We had record summer pressure on red. That walleye bite held up right through the 4th of July into probably the third week of July, which is a little later than normal. Uh, we also did a creel survey on Wabadoo and Little Boy Lakes down, um, you know, uh, south of Walker near Hackensack, and and uh, we were seeing record angling pressure on those lakes, too. Fishing stayed really good for just about everything up until that really hot spell we had there mm-hmm. when the water temps got up into the 80s, and then it got a little tough. Um the, the walleye bite, you know, started to, to, to tail off on a lot of the small, medium-sized lakes. And if you wanted to catch walleye, you pretty much needed to fish at night or go to one of the premier larger lakes. But And then it cooled down a little, and, and I think things picked right back up. And as your guides have said, fishing's been really good in August. It really has. And, uh, and again, even with the uh, increased pressure, uh, plenty of fish for everybody, um, anything out there that you've heard this summer that's concerning at all? Well, you know, nothing, nothing big. You know, we, we avoided, you know, because we started to cool down, we avoided the, the summer kills that we started getting worried about in early July when we were in the 90s for that long stretch of time. You know, I haven't seen water temperatures in the mid-80s around here in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so we were starting to get a little worried about um, winter kill, and it was also very calm. During, during that middle part of July there when we had that heat wave. So those are the situations that can really crank up your, your summer kills, particularly talking about whitefish and suckers and ciscos. But um, we got some wind, we got some cool down, and then we got the rains, and um, that helped uh, cool the surface waters down. And I think we averted um, uh, any, any serious summer kills out there. There was a few. I saw some fish on uh, Lake Cava, um Cavacona, some whitefish floating uh, last weekend when I was down there, but, you know, not much. So we averted that. Um, disappointing news, some of the new zebra mussel finds that were out there, um, you know, that's, that that issue just keeps marching on. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> you keep hearing that every year, and it's it's frustrating, particularly that since I think not everybody 
But there is certainly, I have heard more than once, uh, I've heard people say, well, it's going to get everywhere eventually. Uh, not necessarily. And so, you know, that's why we keep telling people to be vigilant and keep checking. Really, the vast majority of waters still don't have AIS at this point. The big ones with big populations of boaters, they've kind of been hit. But there's a lot of lakes out there that haven't. And we've got to keep that in mind. Yeah, vigilance is the word. And, and do our per, take our personal responsibility to clean our equipment and drain, clean, dry, and uh, and not move the other stuff around. And, um yeah, there will be more waters. There's no doubt. Um, it would be naive to think we can we can stop it completely. But if we do our best, we can keep some of this stuff out of out of waters. You know, um, and and that's that's what the responsibility we have as anglers and boaters. The short term, you know, what we've been able to see short term, it certainly doesn't affect the walleye populations or fish populations that we've been able to tell at this point, you know, we, we won't know the complete picture for a long, long time, but it certainly changes their behavior. It certainly changes when they bite. It certainly changes where they hang out. Yeah. It's very early in this grand experiment called uh, zebra mussels. You know, there isn't a lot to go on. um, And we're learning more every year. Um, you are correct. We haven't seen any any major indications of of population, you know, a decline on a large scale. We do see the water clearing up and people needing to shift how they fish for walleyes on a lot of lakes. Cass being a prime example, and and we'll probably see some of that on some of these other lakes. Um, we are starting to detect some some decline in in walleye carrying capacity in some of these lakes where zebra mussels have been present for, say, 10 to 20 years, 15 years. And we don't fully understand that, but some of these lakes that we're supporting, you know, very high walleye gillnet catches, either through natural reproduction or stocking, are now, you know, kind of stepping down a notch, and they're not quite as abundant as they once were. It's not a reproduction issue that's happening. It's more of the ability of how many... How many of those uh, adult-sized walleyes can those lakes sustain? So it's an, it's early in the game. We're evaluating that and, and tracking a lot of lakes to see if if that's true or not. Um, but it is that is a something you know we'll talk about in the years ahead. Okay. Um, overall, though, the populations across the board look pretty good for all species. I think so. I'm, mean, you know, this as as the summer went on and, and the walleye angling uh, shifted to the bass and the panfish and and then then to musky fishing. You know, I think it's been very solid reports all around. Um, you know, this type of summer is is a bass fisherman's dream in the North Country. You know, bass like water temperatures in the upper 70s. They're very active. They get top water. You know, they're a lot of fun to catch. Um, so the warm summers really favor bass fishing it also favors pan fishing when they set up on those the deep humps and the weed edges and you can really have some fun with those large bluegills fishing them a little deeper and i heard lots of good reports uh from from pan fishermen too crappies get a little tougher in the middle of summer um but uh, folks are starting to find them near their winter wintering areas again early this fall well, I tell you, and, and I've heard, you know, good walleye reports. I've heard great bass reports, great sunny reports, good crappie reports. So as far as the populations go, it just it sounds like uh, every species is 
right now anyway doing okay, doing between okay and really good. Yeah, you know, I didn't hear a lot about northern pike this year. I didn't either. You know, hot, hot summers become, you know, those pikes seek out cool waters, and, and uh, especially the larger pike, and they become a little more difficult for the average angler to catch when they when they get squeezed into looking for those cooler spots in the lakes. So that's probably the only species I didn't hear much about this summer. But, you know, the we're getting good compliance with those new regulations. We're just a couple years in. So hopefully that uh, regulation over the next six to eight years starts working its magic. We're just getting started with Henry Drews. He's back tomorrow for the final show of the year as we continue to recap this year and look ahead to the future. And again, even though we're wrapping up Fish and Paul Bunyan Country for the year, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors starts next Thursday. It'll be weekly. We'll have a fishing report each week, plus other outdoor news and information as well. Hope you can join us for that. In the meantime, have a great day. Now we go fishing. Paul Bunyan Country.